When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Their premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler been a great week for South Carolina on the recruiting front. Still, certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Thank you once again to Cam Dixon from the Gamecock women's soccer team for joining us for the Garnet Trust Hour. I have that interview up shortly on the 107.5 The Game podcasting page. But guys, the Gamecock women's basketball team is headed back to another Final Four after defeating Maryland 86-75 to last night. We finally get the long-awaited matchup, Iowa and South Carolina, coming up on Friday. Yeah, South Carolina women's basketball just doing what they do. Man, it, it almost felt ho-hum to be going to a Final Four. I mean, I, uh, I think you've got to sort of take a moment if you're a Gamecock fan sort of revel in this a little bit don't don't you know I, I remember when the football team is winning 11 games a year and you almost are like oh it's just who we are now yeah, shrug of the shoulders we're used to it yeah i can even tell from the analytics like if i post a graphic like when carolina made their first big run everybody's you know commenting sharing it like just going insane now it's almost expected to go to a final four so i, I would say enjoy this it's so special what they're doing right now. And, you know, they just they were who they are yesterday. I thought they wore Maryland down. I thought Maryland gave it their best shot. I, I thought they really did some things early on to maybe try to get Carolina out of their game a little bit. That's the first team I've seen actually say, you know, what, we're going to attack South Carolina as opposed to just dropping back and packing in the paint and saying hit outside shots. And it felt to me like in this game, Aaliyah Boston 
And Zaya Cook said, look, we've been sharing the basketball all year long. We've been team players all year long. We've been buying into five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve girls, you know, making their impact. Last night it felt like they said, nah, we're winning this game and it's going to be on our backs. Yeah, I thought, um, to your point, Zaya Cook, there was a little mini run there, a stretch where she just said, I'm, I'm shooting the basketball, whether it's I'm going to take this outside shot, I'm going to drive. Um, and, and made a little run. Aaliyah Boston was just – her feel around the basket is incredible, you know, and, and that's counting women's basketball, men's basketball. Like, she has has an absolute knack for it. I think a bunch of different players played critical roles. Um, offensive rebounding, again, was a storyline, and that's Boston, Cardoso, Saxton, Bree Hall came in again and gave them some really good minutes. But th- there was a lot of social media talk, kind of national talk, again, after this game about Aaliyah Boston and just how good she is and everything she can do. That was on full display last night. And going back to the beginning of the game, like Wes said, give credit to Maryland because they came out and they played fast. They were trying to catch South Carolina sleeping. At one point, they went on, like, what, a 12-0 run and uh, were looking pretty good there. But, um, you know, you could just see the difference in size that South Carolina had, and Maryland was very aggressive under the basket, too. They certainly ran into some foul trouble early on in the game with Diamond Miller and Abby Myers that ended up keeping them off the court for a substantial amount of time. But they threw the kitchen sink at it, but that depth and the height of South Carolina, as well as the physicality that we know them for, ended up winning out in the end, as it usually does. Well, I think Dawn Staley continuing to add to her roster, like you can go back a couple years the, of course, the Freshies have been the core of this group, the core of this team. But you keep adding to that roster. And I, I think that has been the biggest difference maker between South Carolina maybe being a team that still could win the national championship this year versus being the dominant, unbeaten force that they are right now. And I'm, the, the main person I'm talking about is going out and getting Cardoso as a transfer. Um, she, to me, is the X factor in that she really, I didn't have the exact minutes in front of me, but it did not seem like she played a ton in the first half. They actually kind of strayed away from going with the two posts, as far, you know, with Boston and Camilla on the court at the same time. In the second half, you started getting into the third quarter. Maryland looked worn down to me. They had people in foul trouble. They, the team South Carolina plays, they really have to play their top five to seven girls when they can the entire game. South Carolina will come at you in waves, obviously. And I, I sort of, as while, while I was watching the game, I said, it's Cardoso time. Like, she is about to make her impact. And you could just feel it because she was fresh. She's fresh, and she's always going to be the tallest girl on the court in just about every game she plays in. And to me, I mean, she made it look easy. There was one sort of up and under <laughs> that she hit where she just laid it in like they were hanging out playing basketball after school and then the now viral video that's on the ESPN <laughs> and Sports Center Instagram where uh, Maryland's uh, I believe that was Diamond Miller flops and Cardosa just stands there with her arm still out was like the most I don't know that that was a flex I feel like 
Well, that's what they do all game is flex. You know, you, you watch that game early, and it's hard to ever have the feeling of, oh, South Carolina's in trouble in this one. You know, even when Maryland was on that big run early, it stylistically, I think they had the advantage in terms of what they were doing and South Carolina not adjusting to it yet. Um, they were playing that five-out offense where the lane's completely clear, so they're hitting cutters. You don't have the paint protection of Boston or Cardoso. I thought it was a brilliant game plan by Maryland, but the question is always, whatever you're doing, can you sustain it? Sure. And the answer is, with this team so far, it's always no for a couple reasons. Number one, they are going to make some type of adjustment offensively and defensively. And then, as Wes said, that wave that they bring at you. You know, if you're an opposing coach and team, you're feeling good with how, <clears throat> with how you played in that first quarter. You know, if you ever play South Carolina and you're up in the first half or you're in striking distance in the first half, which is where you want to be to pull an upset, generally, against most teams, when you see Boston and Beal, Zaya Cook, when you see those players hit the bench, th- that caliber of player, that starter, you're saying, all right, now we can make a bigger run, right? We're getting a reprieve. Their starters are out. Not with this team. Because now you're bringing in Cardoso. If, if Kiara Fletcher's sitting, here comes Raven Johnson. Here comes Bree Hall. They just have so much depth that you don't ever get a second to breathe. And to Wes's point about them being fatigued, that wasn't in the fourth quarter that, that, that the announcers were talking about that with Maryland. They rightly pointed out Maryland was playing very hard. That was kind of early in the game. Yeah, where you're sitting there going, there's some hands on hips. There's some, there's some oxygen needed here. And going back, Diamond Miller was in foul trouble very early on in the yeah. game. I think she only had a few minutes there in the first half. And give credit to Abby Meyer, she was doing everything she could to keep Maryland in the game. But like you said, you need your best out there on the uh, court if you want to keep pace with South Carolina. And just having one of those with Abby Myers just wasn't enough and you know even the 11 point victory for South Carolina wasn't really indicative and of how much they truly dominated in the second half of the game well yeah and it was you know it was a much bigger deficit than that for Maryland until they hit a couple shots late when both teams had you know a bunch of backups on the floor and you know I I thought again I give credit to Maryland for coming out the way they did and not backing down I, I think that was part of not just their game plan from an X's and O's standpoint. I thought it sort of shaped their mindset going into the game. It was like, hey, we're not going to back down. We're not going to be scared. But in some ways, I think they sort of, they almost sacrificed a couple, they really kind of sacrificed their chance to win the game in by landing some early blows. Like they, they sort of went all out to try and sort of um, take their shot at South Carolina. But unless you knock them out, which you're not going to knock them out early, I think Maryland's great game plan may have actually, as the game kind of played out, may have worked against them because you're not going to wear South Carolina down. If anything, you're going to wear yourself out. So I, I think they probably thought that was still their best shot. Let's be honest. You're, it doesn't matter what game plan you draw up. You're, you're going to have to have your best game, and you're going to need South Carolina to help you by having their worst game. Um, so I respect it that they came out basically came out firing, but in the long run they may have um, sacrificed the uh, the game itself to land a few little battles along the way if if you want to look at it like that. But and but that is also what's so impressive about this team because you know they're they're not South Carolina is not going to bring their A game 
every single time out. But they're good enough to beat teams, even elite teams, which is what they're seeing now. I mean, when you're when you get in the Elite Eight, Final Four, you're seeing the best of the best, and for the most part, and they're still good enough to weather a quarter or a, or a bad stretch or just not going through a whole game, maybe not playing your best, maybe just playing really well in some stretches. They're good enough to weather that. That's where you see, you know, so many teams. I mean, remember that Kentucky team that was undefeated that year, but they lost in the NCAA tournament. And heck, who knows? Maybe that eventually happens to the South Carolina team. It could happen this weekend, possibly. But their margin for error is a lot greater than most teams just because of that depth. But they also, because of how they're coached, because of the types of personalities and players that they have on this team, they can weather you know, a bad stretch or even a bad game and come out and still win. That's just, that's just what they do. Of course, Chris, uh, getting the margin for error mentioned in there yes. for basketball as well. So it's the opposite of what we always said about football and that yeah. you're talking about a very tiny margin for error. And I still, I mean, they, they've won every game by double digits. They still have not played their best game, no. I feel like. No. I mean, they, they missed, I mean, several layups early on. Free they, throw shooting early. Free throw. You know, here, here's the thing. If you want to get very, this is extremely nitpicky. If you want to get very nitpicky, if anybody's going to have a chance to beat this team, you really have to find a way to hang around and have that margin later in the game be within 10 as opposed to, you know, again, even if Carolina has won by 11 or 12 points, really the margin when the game was actually being played out has been more like 16, 17. You know, I think UCLA chipped away a little bit at the end as well, and the margin looked tighter than it actually was. So it wasn't sort of one of those things where Carolina put in a couple of extra baskets and made it look bigger than it was. I think if you're an opponent, the one advantage you may find is that this team, because they're so good, has not had to play tight games. So, you know, what, Ole Miss? That's the last close game I can remember them having even the LSU game which was supposed to be a battle of titans Carolina pulled away in the second half of that game so I I think if you're Iowa if you are Virginia Tech or LSU then you got to find some way to make these free throws matter and put Carolina in a situation where they're having to shoot free throws late if I if I'm remotely close to South Carolina with four minutes to go, I'm I'm putting in subs and then just I'm going straight up hack a shack <laughs> and you know, from what was that, twenty five years ago, twenty years <laughs> ago, and just saying, I'm gonna make you win this game at the free throw line. Now to Carolina's credit, they I thought shot the ball at the line much better later in the game yesterday but we have seen them at times get on stretches where they don't shoot their free throws very well again that's being very nitpicky though well last night's victory in the elite eight now sets them up for their third straight final four and they will take on the iowa hawkeyes on friday night the late game starting somewhere around 9 30 and perhaps the most anticipated matchup of the entire women's college basketball season we'll talk about it next on the gamecock central takeover hour presented by firehouse subs on 107.5 the game takeover hour 
Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 1075 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 Game. It's Tuesday, and I believe that is the day that my favorite sub is available as the sub of the day at Firehouse Subs. Turkey Bacon Ranch Day. Our friend Cam Dixon will be happy to know that it does not contain ketchup, but it does have tomatoes on it. You can order it however you want, but the natural way to have it is with some lettuce and tomato. That's not Chris's favorite way, but a good tomato, I gotta agree with Cam, is chef's kiss. You gotta have a little bit of salt and pepper on there as well. But uh, this is Turkey Bacon Ranch Day, sub of the day, every single day of the week at Firehouse Subs. That means you get a medium for $7.99. You can get a small for $5.99. Would not recommend that. Go ahead, go with the medium. Hit that rapid rescue, firehousesubs.com. They'll put it on the shelf for you. The chips will be in the bag. All you got to do is grab your drink and head on out and then head on back to GamecockCentral.com while you're eating your Firehouse Subs. I think we definitely we definitely watched them, but uh, like I said, I just think we really want to cherish this moment right now with each other. Um, when it's time to scout for them, we'll definitely do that. And that was Zai Cook after last night's game when being asked about the upcoming matchup against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Coming up on a Friday night, and everybody last night kind of said the same thing. We want to enjoy this, and you know, Wes kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, we almost kind of overlook the fact that you're going to the Final Four. That's become just another... Uh, usual accomplishment for Don Staley and this crew going to their third straight, seeking obviously the second straight national championship. But that's a really, really big deal. This is a team that had only done it twice previously to this three-year run, um, something that certainly should be celebrated, but the entire country is talking about this matchup coming up on a Friday night as we finally get to see Caitlin Clark take on the South Carolina team in Aaliyah Boston. Well, you could tell that the players are trying to soak up at least their 24 hours of success and making a final four and you know because basketball let's be honest a 64 team tournament or a 68 team tournament is not the best way most of the time especially looking at the men's side to crown the actual best team in the country now if you're south carolina and you go undefeated to the entire regular season then you go undefeated through the sec tournament then undefeated through your actual ncaa tournament there's no doubt you are the best team in the country. But but my point being, we celebrate Final Fours as an accomplishment. And, you know, for, for South Carolina, for South Carolina fans, the, this Final Four almost feels expected, but that's just the perception from the outside looking in. If you're in that building, you still had to work every single day from, from the moment you ended last year, going into this year, blood, sweat, tears, all the cliches, but uh, they deserve to celebrate this Final Four and soak it in before they turn their attention to Iowa. However, <laughs> we can go ahead and talk about South Carolina, Iowa. I think they probably already, frankly, were thinking about Iowa last night just doesn't quite send the right message when you already start talking about them when you just cut down the nets. But this is a short turnaround. You're talking about getting on a plane, flying out to Dallas, 
you're talking about having a game on Monday night. Now you play Friday night. So put in your travel time. I mean, it, it's, this thing's right around the corner. I guarantee they woke up today thinking about the Hawkeyes. And this is, by all intents and purposes, one of the biggest, I would say, most hyped matchups probably in women's basketball history when you look at the fact that unlike the other top elite national programs, South Carolina has not faced Iowa during this run, and that makes it all the more intriguing, I think. It's like uh, fate that this finally is happening. Um, by the way, Wes, I think you made a great point. I think that was yesterday, right? You said, you, I think you predicted. Are you officially predicting it, that this is the most watched women's college basketball game ever? I did say Are that. And then I think they said that on on ESPN. Well, they were listening to the show. I guess stole clearly. that from you. Yeah. So the previous record. Did it involve South Carolina and yes. LSU or South Carolina and UConn? If I'm reading correctly, it's South Carolina UConn. And that was this year, February 8th. Right. Um, 1.087 million viewers on Fox. God, I, I don't, I don't want to say safe to say, but I, I feel like it's going over that. Now, the like only thing, over. Friday night is a tough night is for viewership numbers from a national perspective as far as like yeah. casuals go. And it's at out. 9. And is it is late game. I, well, they say at 9. It's going to be like 9.30, 9.45 for being honest because that LSU-Virginia Tech game probably going to go past nine then 30 ish minutes yeah. to the next game so it's get your nap in it's going to be a it's going to be a late night what i'm about to sound like an old man why is it so late just because they got the second game yeah i know but i mean is the I, I guess the the first game has to if they push the first game back i mean or pushed it up one hour that would destroy that game's ratings? Is that probably because you're talking about six o'clock, people getting off work? And, you know, I'm just thinking about this from like a TV executive's perspective. They're trying to get as many casuals as they can. And I feel like seven o'clock on a Friday night's a little bit safer bet than six yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Little, little more data here, too, by the way, guys. Wes, I think actually, so that stat I gave about South Carolina UConn. That was the most watched game on Fox. Fox, Which Fox doesn't actually carry a ton of women's basketball. So South Carolina LSU, they they had an average of 1.5 million viewers on ESPN. And then uh, last year, actually, the women's basketball... The national championship game. National championship was way up there. 4.85 million. Yeah. Was last year's national... Was that Sunday night? Cross Networks. Yes. Yeah. This year's championship game is at 3.30 on Sunday. And in the I middle of the day. think yeah. that is because it's on ABC. Okay. This year, I don't know the, like, I think that's the big picture reason. I don't know what the, like, is there something else ABC is showing that evening? I, I don't know. But right. um, I, I think supposedly it's a big deal that it's on ABC this year instead okay. of ESPN. Even though everybody who watches sports has some access to ESPN now, I don't think it's the same. Pretty much. As but- if. You but, were, yeah. I mean, ABC is obviously a channel that's more available because it is your standard free network or free cable channel. Yeah, network. But I, I don't know many people that got their rabbit ears on their <laughs> with the tinfoil on their TV watching. Although that is actually a great way to watch. It's it's actually way more clear than watching. I haven't tried streaming. Tried that in a long time. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's. I, 
actual HD. I feel like the the there is a lot of fascination about this game though, and and obviously the players that y'all mentioned, Dawn Staley, they weren't touching the Caitlin Clark thing. But man, I, I feel like personally, and Caitlin Clark, she's a very motivated. I mean, you watch her play. I know she'll have all the motivation she needs. I feel like South Carolina, they probably won't say this, but they're going to be very motivated in this game, not just to make it to the title game again. But this is the type of program, I feel like, with South Carolina where they're looking at how much attention Caitlin Clark's getting going into this game, and I feel like they've got something to prove. For, for a well, team that's undefeated, right. I feel like they got a chip on their shoulder. Well, and Caitlin Clark, in addition to being a very good player, she's got a personality on the court. And, you know, she has her way of celebrating, a way of displaying things on the court and, you know, her mannerisms, stuff like that. It's not like she's just going out there and putting up these great numbers. She's also, you know, being a character, too. So there's the motivating factor to want to humble her in this game on Friday night. I'll be completely honest. That was the first Iowa game I've, like, just sat down and watched all all year. But I, I did. I literally sat down, like, wasn't doing anything else paid attention, watched the game on Sunday. She's a special player, obviously. Did y'all feel like, though, her mannerisms, even towards her own teammates, are sometimes a little over the top? Like, she she gets ticked yeah. at her own. And I, it's kind of one of those things I feel like if you're, if you're the star player, you can't expect your teammates to be as good as you because you are the star player. Right. Um, now, I know they've, they've played like a hundred games together the Iowa starting five has. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're probably used to her acting like that and maybe they just sort of accept it as and long then as hug you're winning, after. You're not complaining about I it. I guess if you're dropping 40 points and a triple double, then you're okay with it. But I, again, I don't really watch them, but I was like, wow, she, but she is built a little different. Even <laughs> the, you said it right there. You haven't watched a full Iowa basketball women's basketball game all year, but you knew everything about Caitlin Clark. That's how big of a deal she is. Well, I knew I'd heard the name Caitlin Clark for three years straight. <laughs> I feel like um, I, I'm excited for this because I the game within the game. How does South Carolina defend her? Mm-hmm. And you know. I don't know who I need to give credit to this for this. Somebody said this on Twitter. Dawn Staley's teams do a fantastic job of taking away your fastball, basically. Taking away what you do best. Um, You know, forcing Diamond Miller to go left a ton. Like, just taking what you do and say, hey, if you beat us with your second or third weapon, so be it. But we're going to take away what you do best. What does that mean for guarding Caitlin Clark? Do they throw waves at her? Do they throw different girls at her? That's probably what they do. But um, they kind of even have a secret weapon off the bench in terms of just lockdown defense as well. Obviously, Bree Bill is, has been like the best defender in the country the last four years. But Bree Hall off the bench has shown she can come in and lock girls down as well. So, you know, do you throw different sizes at her, different uh, lengths at her, different athleticism at her? I I think that's probably the answer. But can she get her shot when 
the coverage on her is much tighter. I mean, she's able to get some open windows because she is able to... Teams don't feel comfortable extending out to her because they feel like they're going to get blown by. But uh, I think for South Carolina, you will probably see them be ultra-aggressive in extending out and trying to guard her. Right, and we'll certainly continue to break that matchup down as the week goes along and that game coming up on Friday night. Talk a little bit of spring football on the other side. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome back in the Game Pack Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell, and Chris Clark along with you. On this Tuesday, that means that the Gamecocks are back on the practice fields today. Uh, when is y'all's next chance to get out there and take a look at everything? Uh, that'll probably be in 2026, I think. Um, no, I'm not looking at the schedule. I don't know. I do know this. We'll be hearing from Shane Beamer later today. 1230. Yes. So we'll have complete coverage, I'm sure, of that um, here on 107.5 after the fact. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. We'll have Gamecock Central coverage. It'll be streaming on YouTube as well. And you know, Beamer's done a pretty good job, I think, of keeping people in the loop and, and actually sharing some stuff from that. And we're actually at the point, y'all, I mean, spring practice goes so fast that I do oh. think, Chris, we've got a little feel for some actual storylines, not just, hey, these are going to be the storylines, but here's how they are playing out. There are certain things we will not have answers to, really, frankly, until the fall when you're playing other people. But I think we have somewhat of a handle on how some things are playing out so far. What questions do we still have? Oh, we have many. Uh, I think it, it goes back to edge and running back if you're going to look at it from a positional standpoint what's the offense going to look like if you're looking at it from a schematic standpoint that's that's probably the two big groups i have but we're never you're not gonna especially in 2023 the way things are structured these days you're not you're going to hear broad things about the offense but you're not really going to know what the offense is going to look like until you play an opponent. And even then, it's going to adjust from week to week. But I would imagine spring game is going to look a lot like what they did last year. Yeah. Probably they'll throw the elements out there, probably call the plays they've already run. You're not going to give opponents a full, basically, game's worth of a view yeah. at your new offense. So I don't think we were ever going to have those questions answered. I think some questions we are getting answered which of the transfers are projected to play and help this year? Chris and I have heard some things about a freshman or two that have already sort of stood out and, and looked like they're going to help this year. And you know, here's the thing about these transfers. You kind of think you know, but even then coming in, sometimes guys you expect a lot out of maybe just aren't ready for SEC. Other guys that maybe you're just unsure about, maybe you don't know as much about, come in and immediately start showing they're going to help or in some cases they're going to start. Yeah, and I think some of those you mentioned earlier kind of the questions we won't have answers to until the 2023 season kicks off literally when they 
You know, we might have a decent sense of it. I don't know, second quarter of the North Carolina game. We might have a sense, okay, you know, even then, you're going to have to get through part of the season to answer some of those questions that are unanswerable right now. One of them, in my mind, Wes, a big one, run defense, right? Even if you go through spring ball and, heck, maybe preseason camp, if you if you push it forward to later this year, you may say, oh, well, the run defenses look really good this spring. Well, is that because you stink running the ball offensively? I mean, you just don't know. You don't get to measure yourself against another team. Before we dive more into spring ball, we'll take a minute to tell you about our friends at Amy Mason Cup State Farm. If there are any parents out there like me, you know you do absolutely anything for your kids, and that's why it's so important to protect them, to protect your family with life insurance from State Farm. State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup will make it easy and affordable to help you protect your family no matter what the future holds. Because for the people you do anything for, life insurance could mean everything. If you call State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup in the Midlands today, her and her team can give you a personalized team or give you a personalized quote, I'm sorry, to meet your needs and help you save. Give Amy Mason Cup State Farm a call today, 803-772-5554. Let her help your family just like she has helped mine or office is at 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia. That's just off I-26. Again, that's State Farm Agent Amy Mason Cup. AmyMasonCup.com and 803-772-5554. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we'll continue our conversation about spring ball on the other side as we wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. And it is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you. Want to let you know Gamecock Baseball coming up tonight at 7 o'clock as they hit the road to take on the Citadel pregame coverage starting at 6.45. There's some weather out there, but nothing has been delayed as of yet, but we will certainly keep our eye on that as the day goes along. You guys talked in the last segment that spring football is flying by really fast. We're already into our third week. Of course, the team practices on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Uh, two weeks from Saturday is the spring game to uh, wrap it all up. And like I said, going by very, very quick, and certainly a lot can be learned uh, between now and then. Yeah, I think we're already learning some things. It sounds already like Chris's call of uh, of Nick Gargiulo possibly um, being a dude <laughs> appears to be playing out that very way. Uh, I think he, you know, some some guys are just natural leaders, and all indications are he is one of those guys. You know, you can be on a team for five years and never display leadership traits, or you can be there, what, it'll be going on three total months that he will have been at South Carolina, not even that at this point. And he's already, I think, emerging as a leadership-type guy. So that that's a great sign because as much as we talked about what they lost on this offensive line. They do have some pieces in place, but adding a, a transfer at that position, an older guy, and replacing some of that leadership of an Eric Douglas was obviously a priority for this team in the offseason. So I, I think you can kind of check that box off already, even just a couple weeks into spring ball. And then running back, I, I think this is going to be a discussion throughout the entire offseason. While I think we still don't really have a lot to add on the edge position, I do think there's a little bit better understanding at running back. The emergence of DK, all indications are that has gone very well, that 
Some, sometimes when you move a guy, it's just not natural. For him, it's been very natural. I think at the very least, Chris, he has now proved he's going to be able to help this team if needed at running back. Early indications on Mario Anderson, I would say, are pretty positive as well. Still questions on exactly what his upside is. But I, I think you feel a little bit better about that position if you're the South Carolina staff, even though you know you're going to still hit the portal during that spring transfer portal window. Yes, yeah, kind of the same question in a different way that I mentioned earlier about run defense in the in the other on the other side of it you know you can leave the spring and feel good better maybe even than you anticipated about to carry on Joyner Mario Anderson Juju McDowell in that running back room but until you get to a game setting you're not totally sure um, lining up in practice against South Carolina may be a lot different than lining it up against North Carolina and against Georgia and Clemson and all the other teams you're going to have to play this year. So I think when when they get through spring, they're going to sit down, look at it, and kind of – they're always, of course, assessing in real time as practice is going, but to kind of take a deep dive on it and say, okay, how do we, we being the coaching staff, how do we feel about the position as a whole? Next, okay, the transfer portal is opening up. We know we're going after – somebody in the transfer portal who who is that they are not going to know probably um, unless somebody's announced hey i'm going in you can kind of start tracking all that but who who can you go get in the transfer portal and is there anybody else on the roster or on the way that can help you and you know they've moved probably the number one person who can do that to the running back position maybe, maybe there's another option or two there uh, but I think the overall goal for this spring, Wes, is just to, at the running back position, is to leave and to feel better than you did coming in. I think we've learned enough to say, can we say, they probably do. They feel better about running back than they did coming in. Doesn't mean it's solved. Doesn't mean they've arrived to steal a Shane Beamer quote. Doesn't even necessarily mean that running back will be a good, however you define that position for this team. But I do think they feel better than they did coming in. Yeah, certainly, and I, I think you can tell a little bit more about a running back as far as your ability to judge and evaluate if they can help you. If you've seen enough ball, which all these coaches have, you can evaluate the traits, and you can say, look, does he look like a natural runner? Is he hitting the proper hole? Is he uh, getting north and south versus going east and west, depending on the situation? I think you can evaluate those things. I, I think it's much more difficult to evaluate Run defense, for example, you're talking about, in some cases, like 10 different one-on-one battles. Like, I'm taking the quarterback out from that 11. But, you know, your five offensive linemen versus four defensive linemen and a linebacker. Then you throw in the tight end and another line. I mean, you're talking about so many different variables that happen on a given play that will determine, did the offense get the better on that run? Or did the defense get the better on that run? When, you, when you're trying to sort of determine that and you're playing yourself, it's virtually impossible to project that forward and determine what that would look like against another opponent. But just looking at the physical traits, can my running backs do this at this level, especially when you're talking about starting a little bit from scratch with a guy like DK, hasn't really played running back before, I think you can evaluate that. And by all indications has a burst, has some explosiveness, is willing to put his head in there and uh, sort of uh, 
put his face in the fan, maybe, if you want to do a throwback must champ quote. But so far, so good, I think. And maybe some more upside there to go as DK gets even more comfortable. I think from what we've heard, DK's made some runs in spring practice that kind of has people doing like, I don't know, maybe like the Robert De Niro face, like the the turned up, you know, nodding. Like, hey, that was a pretty good run. Mario Anderson, you know, you mentioned the traits. That's a really good way to describe it because it's always that question of can he make the jump from Newberry where he was super productive to the SEC. And so you kind of have to look at the traits when you're assessing that, and that's why I think Shane Beamer's mentioned this. They had the entire staff watch him. They had Clayton White watch him. Do we think the traits translate? And they thought yes. And so far through spring ball, I think that's the case. Now, to be fair, Wes, I mean, I don't think either of us have heard like Mario Anderson is going to be, I don't know, Marcus Slattery. Like, remember when Marcus was a freshman, and it's just this dude is immediately so good and so far above everybody else. It's, it's not that, but there have been some positive returns. Yeah, certainly. Regard. And I think if there's another position, we probably need to single out a bit just because there was so much turnover at this spot, but that all indications are very positive so far. I would say that would be tight end. Yeah. You know, by, by all indications, Trey Knox has been outstanding. You know, Josh Simon has been really, really good. And then even I, I've heard here recently a guy we didn't hear quite as much about early on, but Nick Elksness is someone that's come in, been a blocker. I, Chris, I've I've heard a little bit of sort of chatter, you would say, that remember, remember when Nate Atkins came in as a blocker and we were like, we started hearing, now he can catch the ball too. And, you know, it's kind of like he's not going to be the number one, two, three, four, five receiver threat on the team. But sometimes having a tight end, especially when opponents are focused on other targets that can make the easy underneath catch and get upfield, sometimes that's very positive. Sometimes when you want to go with a run-heavy formation and go play action, and get the ball into your, quote, run-blocking tight end's hands, that can be a positive as well. And so I've heard Elksness has been solid at catching the football as well. So I, he's not going to be the top pass catcher at tight end. That'll be Trey Knox and Josh Simon, I think. But Elksness is going to have a chance to play on this team. I think they're really happy so far with the three transfers. And both Trey Knox and Josh Simon, I think we've seen enough and heard enough to believe they are going to become household names among South Carolina fans this year. They're going to play a huge part of this offense and I think really have set themselves up already early in camp to play a bunch. Yeah, and that's another kind of interesting story, sub-storyline, you know, in the spring and really this season. Despite South Carolina losing so much at tight end, do they actually upgrade in that department? And secondly... Do the tight ends play a more active role in this offense just from a production standpoint? Um, I think that's entirely possible. You know, that was a source of frustration for some Gamecock fans in the past, in the past talking about the importance of the tight end, the talent at tight end, getting them more involved, how critical they were to the offense's operation and production. It's the same deal this time around. And we've heard some chatter and some talk about uh, some of it from Trey Knox directly. I remember talking to him about it in the Garnet Trust interview, just how if you have a really good tight end or really good tight end play, how that can open up so many things for you offensively. 
And certainly, in especially with Simon and Knox, two guys that are really good pass catchers, it seems like South Carolina has that at the position. Tyler, are we going to have the Beamer press conference streaming at 1230? I am not sure about that one today. I have to check with Jay and Terry on that. But Beamer will be talking today and will certainly be able to react to his uh, what he says tomorrow. Yeah, so the absolute best way to watch and listen to the Shane Beamer press conference would be to call our friends at Integrated Media. Give them a call, 803-948-8327. Have them come in. Have them hang your TV on the wall. Have them hardwire the Ethernet into the TV. Then stream it straight from YouTube.com slash Gamecocks online. And then you're going to be set up to watch the baseball game tonight, to watch the Women's Final Four on Friday. You may even have them set you up with some two-TV action for Friday so that you can watch baseball versus Mississippi State and women's basketball versus Iowa. Again, 803-948-8327 or go to integratedmediainc.com. Anything involving your home, media, video, audio, smart home, they can take care of you. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. We'll be back tomorrow to react to what Shane Beamer has to say later on today and talk more about this women's basketball matchup upcoming with Iowa in the Final Four on Friday night. Halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next right here on 107.5 The Game. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.